What's up, everyone? I'm Will Fulton. Welcome to Thrillist Best and the Rest. Today, my two guests are Senior Food Editor, Adriana Velez. Hello. And Jeremy Glass. Yeah, ex-employee, current contributor. And now you work in advertising. Yeah, I'm in the ad world. What a pivot. That's great. Quite a pivot. So I brought you two here today because, Jeremy, you wrote a story about what is often called the most depressing cookbook in the world, the saddest book in the world, just period, not even about cooking, Mm -hmm. Uh, Microwave Cooking for One by Marie T. Smith. We're showing the book right now. We have it with us. Where did you get this book, by the way? (laughs) This is your copy, and it's mangled. Yeah, I can't explain why it's so dog-eared, because it looks like someone <laughs> dog-eared the entire book. Yeah, the back of it looks like uh, like Conan O'Brien's hairdo in the 90s. It's a big buffant. Um, <laughs> so for the people that can't see what I'm looking at, Jeremy, what do you see on the cover of this book? Yeah, let me explain it to you. I see a nice older woman mm-hmm. uh, with short silver gray hair and crow's feet around her eyes. She's wearing a Henley, and she's surrounded, absolutely surrounded by a, a ton of food, a cornucopia. We have cakes, we have corn on the cob, mm-hmm. we have... What is that? I think lasagna, meatballs. <laughs> Pancakes, inexplicably. Right. And something that looks like an ice cream soda. So like, what? And yeah, jello. That, yeah, I don't I don't think that you can cook that in the record. So basically, Jeremy, would you want to explain the concept of this book? Yeah, absolutely. So Marie Smith was a woman who essentially just took an interest in microwaves during the 1980s. And she released this cookbook after 10 years of testing about how to microwave cook for one. Mm-hmm. Microwaves were in the 80s a little more available than they were when they first came out. So around this time, you could get a microwave for a good price, you know, relatively. Now they're, of course, a lot more cheap. So she wanted to find a way for either single parents or empty nesters to make microwave meals for themselves without making too much food. Sure. Let's read a quick blurb on the back, okay? This is how it starts. Cooking for one doesn't have to mean opening a can of soup or living on dry sandwiches and frozen dinners. With the help of a microwave oven <laughs> and microwave cooking for one, the person cooking for himself, that's weird that they just gender that word, but it's fine, uh, mm-hmm. can easily learn to prepare delicious, satisfying meals in minutes. Adriana, you cook a lot. Do you ever use a microwave? I use it to melt butter. Okay. So you're not cooking meals in your microwave? No, I use it for reheating, almost exclusively for reheating. Yeah, and how, how do you feel? Like, do you think the food uh, becomes less good, let's say, once you reheat it in a microwave? You know what? There are there are tips and tricks to making it work. Right. Like, you can do, like, lower power. I'll sometimes, like, put it in for a minute, stir, put it in for a minute, stir, you know. You just have to, like, finesse it. Right. There's an art to it. So you believe in the power of the microwave? Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. And Jeremy, why did you want to write about this book in the first place? So I found this book probably on Reddit, I assume, uh, under some post like, this is the most depressing book in the entire world, something like that. And I found it, and I was just fascinated by it. So it's been memefied. It's been memefied, yeah. Yeah. Especially around Valentine's Day, uh, which was recently at the time of this recording. There were a lot of memes. uh, My plans for tonight, my love life summed up. Um, Again, saddest, most depressing book in the world. (laughs) Which I get. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's a sad title, Micro Cooking (laughs) for One. It truly is. (laughs) It's not so much about like empty nesters or single parents, but I kind of envision the person who's been one their entire lives and haven't ever left their house. Right. Which is probably not true (laughs) for a good amount of people making these meals, but that's what you envision. No, but you know, if if you read kind of the foreword in the book, uh, it's not really spun that way. It's kind of spun like... You know, uh, making a big meal when you're alone, maybe your family that loves you because you're not alone, are on vacation and you don't want to waste a lot of food. And that's kind of how she sets it up. And she says it in a really positive tone. And I like that a lot. And I think that we want to talk about the book and we have an interview with Marie T. Smith's daughter coming up too. But I think first, 
I'd like to talk about the art of microwave cooking while we make some dishes from the book. Well, I'd love to do that. I would like to start with scrambled eggs on page 22. Jeremy, do you think you can help us out? I think I could. Uh... Get some ingredients by your foot. Let me do that. Sure. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Have you ever made eggs in the microwave, Adriana? Uh, I, I have not, but I stayed in a bed and breakfast in northern England once. Okay. And we were talking about how, oh, Americans are so silly. They like their scrambled eggs so hard. And we were like, no, 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 a little soft and fluffy. That's great. And um, the innkeeper was like, yes, well, when I microwave your eggs in the morning. And we were like, wait, you're microwaving them? And we were worried, but they were okay. Yeah. They were okay. I mean, it's okay. it's just heat. That's the thing is it's uh, people shouldn't fear microwaves. I mean, you know, everyone always heard how there's going to be radiation and yeah. it can make you sterile. Now, you are not sterile. You're I actually am, having a child soon. Absolutely. I'm, so that's proof. By definition, not sterile at all. Did you guys grow up being taught not to stand in front of the microwave while it was running? Not really. And never, ever <laughs> open it while it's in operation? I actually didn't have a microwave until I was like 20. My parents uh, are from another universe where they don't have microwaves. So, so wait, <laughs> so just explain what you're doing also. Oh, right now I'm whisking the eggs. Right. We don't have a whisk, so I'm using a fork. That's um, fine, I think. Could you stir a little softer for people listening at home? Or is this part no, of this it? No, this is part of it. Okay, it's No, I want to give a couple, I want to give about a minute or three of uh, ASMR fully. So the recipe... If you want to follow along at home and cook along at home with your own microwave. And please do. Break egg into one quart mixing bowl. I think we kind of did that. Uh, make a ton of noise. Add milk, <laughs> salt, and pepper. Beat well with wire whisk. Add butter to mixture. Cook one minute at 100% power until about one tablespoon of egg remains uncooked. Mix egg well with rubber spatula and serve. Egg will be moist. Warning. <laughs> If dry eggs are preferred, cook five seconds more at 100% power until all egg is cooked, mixed with rubber, spatula, and serve. That's pretty easy. I like how you just barely undercook them so that when you mix them, by the time you incorporate everything together, you're going to... That's how you keep from going over the edge. Is this how they made it uh, in the bed and breakfast in England? I don't know. (laughs) These are are traditional English-style eggs. I think it's interesting that she adds milk and butter. Because usually, like... Yeah, usually it's one or the other. Oh, really? Some people add water for, like, an omelet. Well, this is just straight-up scrambled eggs. And there are other... Um, in the egg section, egg parmesan, ham and eggs, poached egg. This is the simplest version. Yeah. And theoretically, they shouldn't be too different than the scrambled eggs you make at home. Do you make scrambled eggs at home? No. Uh, they, maybe they won't be different from the kind I order on Seamless. <laughs> uh, oh, come on. They're so easy. To well, now that I found out it could be in a microwave. Okay. All right. So an important thing to note in this book is uh, 700 wattage. Is that the correct watts. unit? 700 watts. Yeah. That is the microwave that they use to make these recipes and... On microwavecookingforone.com, they have a conversion chart. Amazing. A big thing that uh, Marie Smith's daughter, Tracy, who you'll hear from, uh, talked about has how her mother uh, converted a lot of these recipes for either more people or different wattage for microwaves. So right. It was uh, funny to talk to her about that. I just winged it at home. Sure. I just had fun. Should uh, we turn this puppy on? Yeah, why not? All right. Let's do express cook. One this minute. isn't the first time we've used the microwave in this podcast. Oh, I really? No, it's kind of right. That's how we know it will work. Oh, uh, I feel a little bit less... Uh, why well, I feel a bit down about that. Sure. I thought it was the first one. So, Jeremy, when you wrote this article, <laughs> uh, what was the most surprising thing you learned about either Marie Smith or her book? You know, it, it's not a surprising thing, but to hear her life story was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had a fascinating story, both Marie and uh, her daughter, um, a huge Italian family during the 1930s, and they went through trials and tribulations. Wasn't, sure. wasn't the happiest life, but, you know, I think Marie really wanted to give her daughter and... Uh, 
other kids a happy life. And I like that. So I wasn't expecting to feel such a human angle to this book, I guess. But yeah. I really felt it. Right. I felt emotional. There's a lot of love in this book. There really, there truly is. Mm-hmm. I've no doubt. I've, I read that she started actually by teaching classes mm. to displaced homemakers. Okay. Which what like, does that what mean? is a displaced? It's like a homemaker who got lost. <laughs> <laughs> she, are you mis- or you got laid off. You misplaced your family, your, yeah. your family left for vacation and never came back. Um, but I think these are people who like, you know, like the kids grew up, they moved. Right. The, fa- the husband died? I don't know. Or just went out or for a pack of smokes and never, never came, came back. back One of those ran off of that game. with someone else. Um, <laughs> yeah. And so she was just helping these women to like switch gears from batch cooking for like five to yeah. cooking just for themselves. So it's kind of a sweet story of like self-care. Totally. It really is about self-care and, and, and taking control of your own life. If you are just one. Speaking of taking control, did you just put them back in? I did. Uh, okay. It was a little bit underdone, but now. Well, did, did you put it back in for five seconds, like the recipe recommended? I put it for thirty seconds. Oh, that looks really um, good. Okay. Uh, okay, that's so fluffy. That looks yeah. so fluffy, and amazing. It's actually weird how perfect they look. They're like totally unbroken. It's kind of just. It looks like a little omelet in there. Yeah, I love that. I believe uh, Tracy Marie's daughter was talking about how her mother. Uh, was really into eggs. Like, she loved eggs. And There's loved a big eggs. egg section in this There's book. There's a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, there mm-hmm. really is a lot. Do you want me to eat some? Uh, I think that you should try it first, just in case. Yeah. yeah. Just in case what? Do you have any dietary restrictions? <laughs> yeah, I'm allergic to eggs. <laughs> so it's a little runny on the bottom, not gonna lie. It is, but, but... people, I don't mind that one bit. I'm not pregnant. No. I do this. All right. There are parts in your life that you will always look back upon fondly, and this is not <laughs> one of them. Here we go. Mmm. Already. That's so good. Okay. Let's get a piece. Adriana, are you, do you, w- will you try this? You I have, have not to. been given a fork. Oh, Uh-oh. sorry. Uh, okay. How rude of a host I am. <laughs> Will, you should do this right in this podcast. Okay, but I and like, Jeremy handed her a spoon. So I well. want to incorporate it a little bit more. You were going to get some of the runny stuff. The, just, Let's see. Just, uh, yeah, see, look at that. Just as I suspected, the the uncooked parts cook immediately upon stirring. Yeah. So, it actually that's a cool trick. kind of perfect. It really does. I mean, some of that's definitely the the uh, salt and pepper too, but I mean, this is almost indistinguishable from you know skillet eggs. Actually, yes, it's true. It's not burnt, but you're right. I think stirring it a little bit did incorporate the rest of it. I would do that thing that I was talking about before, where you like you cook for a little bit, then stir, mm-hmm. and then cook. Yeah, because there there's an unevenness in texture. Oh, um, see, Uh-oh. she knows what she's there talking about. There are some about. really soft, lo- lovely pieces, and then there are like web-like. You know how <laughs> egg does. <laughs> Web like it's it's all you know eggs. It's all good though. Yeah, it's it's still egg. And that literally took what like a minute and a half. Minute and a half. That was amazing. So much quicker than if I was using a cast iron or a nonstick pan. Right. Or totally. Other kitchen appliances. So much easier to clean up. It really that's, is. That's a big pro. Very easy cleanup. You can just eat out of the bowl you cook in. Now I I do that whenever I cook. I eat out of the skillet, but that's a little different. No, you don't. That's because I'm filthy. You don't have a skillet. <laughs> There's no way you have a skillet. No. Okay, so that first dish was a big success. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to cook some more stuff, including steak, which is kind of wild. But right after the break, I'm going to have a quick conversation with Tracy, Marie T. Smith's daughter, on her mother, her book, and her legacy. So stick around. Hello? Hey, Tracy, this is Will from Thrillist. Hi, Will. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good, too. Uh, okay, so can you just kind of introduce yourself? 
My name is Tracy Grant. I am the daughter of Marie T. Smith, who wrote Microwave Cooking for One. And my mother um, passed away about a year or two after the book was published. And for many years, nothing happened with it. And then suddenly, in 2000, I received a small royalty check. And I thought to myself, well, if I'm doing nothing, I received a royalty check. Maybe if I start a website to promote the book, it'll help it. So I started a little website, and the rest is history. That's excellent. And, you know, just to step back a little bit, Tracy, can you describe your mom, um, what she was like as a person? Uh, well, she was my mom, so I'm a little biased, but I thought she was a wonderful person. Um, she was very uh, thoughtful about things. She predicted uh, that baby boomers would be retiring and having empty nests and become households of one in two people. And she worked at a propane gas company in Melbourne, Florida, and saw a demonstration of the microwave and thought this was the solution. So she spent 10 years developing recipes. She loved to cook. She loved to experiment with cooking. How did your mother get the idea for this cookbook? My father was a pilot in the Army, and when he retired, he went to work as a test pilot for Piper Aircraft, and he had to travel. And, you know, if, if you're a woman who's been cooking for a family of four, you know, for 20-some-odd years, and all of a sudden you just need to cook for yourself, it's very difficult. And it, the tendency is fast food or frozen dinners, which isn't healthy, and she was very health-conscious. All her recipes require fresh or frozen. So, you know, she just had to, just saw the need that people out there were living alone, and why should they not have healthy food? And she figured out the microwave was the easy solution because, first, it's fast. Second, cleanup is a lot easier. So it just came to her. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, it's interesting, uh, especially considering the points you just made, I know in the book a little bit, she talks about how the microwave is a cooking device that can be almost a source of derision in the cooking world. Some quote-unquote serious chefs might snub their nose a little bit. Why do you think the microwave has this kind of uh, connotation attached to it? Well, my mother would quote Julia Child, who was interviewed and asked about the microwave, and Julia Child just said, it's different. You know, you have to adjust yourself. Martha Stewart was an anti-microwave until she went to prison, and that's all she could cook in. And after she came out of prison, she started using the microwave. That's uh, funny. You know, Some people lift weights in prison, and Martha Stewart was just using a microwave. <laughs> that was her. Right. Well, there you go. I mean, it's, you know, if you're used to cooking on a stove with an oven, and all of a sudden you're confronted with a microwave, then you have to be the kind of person who's willing to make adjustments. Now, I found that when I first started selling the book, that I would do mail orders. And one man wrote to me, he kept ordering books. And he just loved it. And I found that, you know, single men found it, you know, who had never cooked before, fell in love with the book because the instructions were so straightforward and easy to follow. But somebody who's been cooking and then all of a sudden say to her, okay, now convert to the microwave, she might be reluctant or resistant because it's not what she's used to. Right. But the food tastes great. I mean, vegetables 
retain more nutrients in the microwave than they do if you boil them on top of the stove top. So, do you think it's also a thing where, like, um, maybe women in particular don't want to use a microwave to cook because they feel like it's not the right thing to do. Like it's not the proper thing to do. Maybe Um, this was probably more prevalent a few decades ago, but still. I think a few decades ago. I mean, we all come with our biases in life, you know, and some people just, you can't change them no matter what. I don't want to sound sexist. Like, you know, it works better for men than women. Mm -hmm. I, 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 far from it. One woman wrote to me, she loved the book because her husband was traveling and she was tired of eating sandwiches. Yeah, everybody's different. It's also great for kids, you know, latchkey kids, when yeah. both parents are working. I was one of those. I, mean, I cooked in the microwave a lot. I made nachos with some, some shredded cheese and some tostinos. Yeah, see? What was the response like when the book came out in 1986? Well, it was a different time. There was no internet in 1986. I sent Jeremy a link to the all the videos my mother went on television shows. Right. And, you know, it, the, the response was excellent. That's great. But... Marketing was a totally different ball game back then. You couldn't, you know, now you don't need anything but the internet and not a lot of money. Tracy, I'm sure that you're aware of some of the memes that have popped up using um, the, the cover of the book. The saddest cookbook yeah. ever written. Exactly. Yes, Especially around Valentine's Day. I, I saw, I see them pop up every year. The most depressing cookbook ever written. Some saying just the saddest book, period, ever written. How do you, yeah. how do you personally feel about that? I love it. I've seen it on TV. Um, Jimmy Fallon did it on his Tonight Show one night. Um, I, it was on a morning show, and I, I went to the comments, and people were defending the book. Right. I had one woman tell me that for five years, her father gave it to her every year for Christmas because she wouldn't marry the guy he liked. You know? Wait, what? Why? <laughs> As a punishment, he would give it to her? No, it's it's a it, you know people. Yes, I realize that people <laughs> give it as a gag gift, right? Uh, for birthday presents, that the Mindy Project, she did it in one of her shows. Yeah, with Mindy, where somebody gave it to her. I have a sense of humor. <laughs> I'm not offended. You know, I've also heard it's so 80s because of the cover. Sure, all that food, that lonely woman with all that food on the cover. My mother cooked all the desserts the night before and all those meals on the cover that morning. And afterwards, everybody picked a plate and had a nice dinner. <laughs> That's great. I, including me. It was great. What do you think your mom would think of people giving it as gag gifts, um, people using it as memes? She would laugh. She had a good sense of humor? Sense, she had a good sense of humor. She would have laughed. My father laughed when I told him about it. You know? <laughs> and one guy, oh, it's on the website, um, a friend of mine's son, a friend of his on Facebook, in his Halloween costume, he would walk around carrying my mother's cookbook and said his Halloween costume was he was lonely. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, so in, in the book, there's a recipe called Tracy's Favorite Seafood Biscuit. Is that your favorite recipe Tracy's in the book? favorite seafood muffin. Muffin. Muffin, yes. When I first moved from Alabama to Orlando, I found a restaurant in Winter Park that served the seafood muffin. It was kind of like Egg Benedict, only it had seafood and a hollandaise sauce on it. And I took my mother there and we had it. You know, it was a treat to go to that restaurant and order that muffin. So she duplicated it for me in the cookbook. I've never made it out of the book. Do you make anything? My favorite is the stuffed shrimp, but that's 
that seafood muffin, as much as I love it, that's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, totally. So do you cook with your microwave frequently? Yeah, I, I, I haven't turned my stove on in, in years. Mm. I, 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 rare, I rarely use it. But one of the main points also of microwave cooking, for one, is timing is crucial. Because you're cooking such small amounts, it's critical to get the timing right. Definitely. So I know that Maria passed away shortly after the book was released. Mm-hmm. What do you hope her legacy is? And how do you think that she would have liked to be remembered? Well, she was a great mother. So she was very loving and she, she had a very happy life. Another thing my mother did was there was a group here in Lakeland called Displaced Homemakers, uh, women who, for whatever reason, death of a husband or divorce, but they found themselves living alone. And my mother had about a dozen women come to her house and spent all day teaching them 30 recipes. And I was there. I have the VHS tapes of it. But Jeremy called me a week or two ago, and you know, out of the blue, and it's made me think about things I haven't thought about for years. Of course, it's it's a really cool story. It's a book that so many people have seen, but very little people know a lot about. Is this the only book that Marie wrote? Yes, she was planning to do a follow-up book, but unfortunately, the the wonderful house that she built was built on uh, in an area of old phosphate mines, and she developed lung cancer. And they had the house tested, and it was full of radon. She had the worst lung cancer you can get, and she never smoked a day in her life. But up until just a few months before she died, she was out promoting the book, and um, she was very proud of it. And I think she left a legacy because she always wanted to help people. I learned after my mother died that she had done so much for so many people that I didn't even know about. And that's just the kind of person she, she was? She was, yes. Is there anything else that you'd like to say about your mom or the book or anything like that? No, I think we've pretty much covered it. Yeah. And I love my mom. She's always with me. Thank you so much for sharing her story and your family's story, too. Well, thank you, Will. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, we're back here with Jeremy and Adriana. Jeremy, you wrote about this dish yeah. in your article, um, beer battered fish. Yeah, that's that's pretty. That's, why yeah. out of all of these recipes did you want to choose that one? So I really care about fish. I think fish is one of those food items that has an unnecessary stigma attached to it. I think fish is a great lunchtime food, even if you're in a shared space. I think people. The okay, kind of I people, disagree with that. First of all, you would. I'm weird with smells, and I don't think people should insert smells into other people's lives if they don't consent to it. Well, yeah, but at the same time, I think people, it's it's the same thing with the word moist. People want to pretend that they hate the word moist, and some people do, for sure. Some people don't. Oh, so you think it's a thing that people just latch on to? I think people, you know, don't like the smell of fish, and that's fine. Do you like that? No. (laughs) Terrible. That's like the uh, audio version of the smell of fish. Okay. (laughs) Let me look at that recipe one more time. Definitely. I have a terrible memory, so I have to look at all of this. So this is batter fried fish. So let's start with, if fish is frozen, <laughs> defrost two minutes at 30% power, cut fish. So that's not what we're doing. We're pouring oil onto an eight and a half inch browning skillet, cooking for six minutes. And then while oil is heating, I mix remaining in- ingredients in cereal bowl until a mixture has consistency of buttermilk. Then you coat each fish with mixture and put back on plate when oil is ready. Place fish in skillet and cover with paper towels. Cook for 40 okay. seconds, 100% power. Yeah. I should say that when I did this, my wife came home and was um, <laughs> very mad. <laughs> 
But could you blame her? No, and I think that I agree with her. Like, I don't think that you should. Now, this is different. We're on a show. We're talking about the cookbook. I don't think you should cook fish in a microwave at a place where other people are going to be also in that space. I still disagree. I really do. Even in an office. Especially in an office. You're the kind of person that will go, like, in their office lunch and reheat fish. I think it's absolutely insane to not eat what you want to eat based on other people's preferences. Adriana, do you think that people should microwave fish in a public shared office or any space like that? Uh, I don't. I don't, I don't do that. I, I try not to. I have a tin of really good, um, I think they're um, mackerel. I have this really yummy mackerel. I cannot bring myself to open it and have it for lunch because I'm yeah. afraid of offending yeah, everybody else. Pretty, but here's the smelly. thing. Like, why are we so worried about the fish when like broccoli? Yes. Okay. Brussels sprouts. People are warming all kinds of shit. It's delicious. Sure. It's good for you. But I'm just saying it smells... Just as strongly. It does. We used to have an employee at Thrillist that would eat those tins of mackerels. He would open them up and kind of walk around eating them. Who would do that? We're not going to name names. So, Jeremy, you just put... What did you just do? So, I just put um, a bunch of oil onto a plate. It should be a brand skillet, but I don't have that. That's fine. And I'm not really sure what that is. It's all about improv. Yeah. And uh, I think back then, I I have to assume they didn't have too many microwave-safe plates. Back then, meaning 1986 when this book was released? Yeah. Okay. I have to assume that the people used uh, skillets more often than plates. So while the oil is heating, this will be about six minutes. Skillet is a confusing word because I think of like a stovetop skillet. I thought it was a cast iron, but you can't put that 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 in Yeah, that is what... It is, right? Yeah. Okay. But like like Crusade would make those ceramic... Oh, those are great. I have one of those at home. Yeah. Just don't put metal in the microwave, everyone out there. All right, so you... (laughs) My hands are filthy right now. (laughs) While we went off on that tangent, yeah. You lovingly breaded this fish mm-hmm. um, with what? Just flour? Flour, man, a little baking soda. Okay. There's a couple other ingredients. Oh, I'm getting this so dirty. I think a black tablecloth was a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we didn't think that one through. So you're heating this, this just the skillet with oil in it for three yeah. minutes. And that's how like a lot of these dishes are kind of made, right? By preheating yeah. a microwave safe plate in the microwave mm-hmm. for like three to four minutes. Correct. So it's it's superheated. You put the fish back on the skillet, or in my case, the plate, sure. for about 40 seconds with a paper towel over it. Do we have paper towels here? It's probably fine if we don't. Okay. I have notebook paper. That sounds... <laughs> we might have to do it. That sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, and like heating the oil beforehand is what's going to result in that crispness. Otherwise, yeah. if you try to bread something while you're slowly heating up the oil, it's just going to be gross and mushy. It will. Oh, boy. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, the beer spilled. Now it's overflowing. This is a really messy podcast. You know, I have eggs? to say. Oh, okay. Now it's beer battered. I should add a little more flour. Could I though. have a piece of notebook paper to clean this up? Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Yeah. Now you cook quite a bit uh, normally. Not normally. Not in a microwave. Have you or do you plan on switching to microwave methods anytime soon to, uh, in substitution of your oven and your stovetop? You know what? Well, I don't think so. You don't think so? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you say that. So actually, maybe. Because uh, I have a lot of frozen meals right now for when this baby is born. Sure. And uh, I'll have to heat them up. Which you're expecting a child. Yep. In about three weeks. Okay. A little lady. And by who knows, by the time this is out, she could be born. I guess maybe. It could happen. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, that could happen. Crazy things have happened. It could happen today. Okay, something just happened in the microwave. <laughs> yeah, so I looked over there. The microwave. Too. Uh, I did hear a pop. Huh. Okay. Well. Well, what are the big differences between cooking in a microwave and your normal style of cooking, Jeremy? I would say way less uh, control. Okay. But it's just as messy. When I'm when I cook, it's it's pretty messy. All right. So now I'm gonna put the fish in the hot, hot, hot oil without burning my own fingers. Yeah. Isn't that kind of dangerous? Sure is. Okay. Whoa. Oh Listen to that puppy go. All right. We cover it with a paper towel. Is that gonna be okay in the microwave? Who knows? Let's see. 
40. Oh. <laughs> At 320, we'll turn it off. Okay. And I flip it, but I don't want to touch it with my fingers. So I'm just going to flip Are it you, with the Can fork. you put paper into a microwave? Yeah, what's going to happen? Do we paper. have a fire extinguisher in the studio? No, no, no. This is what we always did growing up because otherwise it splatters everywhere. With notebook paper? Oh, right. I mean, the dyes <sighs> When am I the us? voice of reason in any situation? <laughs> That's how you know we're doing something wrong here. Yeah. All right, this, this doesn't look bad so far. Okay. The notebook paper worked? Um, yeah. And now we're going to... So the fish is bubbling. And now we're going to flip the side. Oh, it truly is. Yeah. It doesn't smell. Okay. So I flipped it. What do you think, Adrian? <laughs> I can smell the fish and I'm not offended. Yes, you're really? right. I'm starting to eat my own words. I didn't want to think about that. Um, but... It doesn't smell that bad. I, I don't know. It just—I think when someone reheats fish, it smells like way more. Plant. You know what? It also depends on the fish because, True. like, if you got a blue fish, like a really meaty, like I use this very one of those intensely. Yeah. yeah. Is that the smelliest fish in your opinion? I think so. Okay. Yeah. You know what I tried once like that sardine? was the worst smell ever? What? Uh, smelt. What's that? It's this little tiny fish that kind of tastes like a uh, a swimming fart. It was the worst thing I've ever eaten in my entire life. Huh. Why did you do it? I don't know. I, I think I just didn't know what it was and I wanted to experiment, but it was just awful. Um, okay. <laughs> My fingers uh, are so covered in goo. On that note, we're going to take another quick break. Thank God. <laughs> we're going to clean Jeremy up and we'll be right back. Okay, we are back and our fish is almost done. Duffy smells done. All right, so this is, the paper towel is a little bit, uh, Greasy. And by paper towel, you mean that piece of notebook paper. Yeah. It's like that Simpsons gag when they would rub, like rub grease. They would rub like a greasy item it's on a piece of paper. Gum to bacon. Yeah, and if you can see through it, that means it's fatty. I think the Simpsons really defines our friendship. Okay, um, I took a look at this fish. Yeah. Whereas the scrambled eggs looked, okay, I would get this at a restaurant, that's fine. That fish does not look like something they would serve or anyone's ever served me. I just don't want to touch it because the plate is so hot. Hmm. So I think I'm going to reach in here, take a bite, and see what happens. Okay. So here we go. Yes. What do you see, Jeremy? Well, it looks done, honestly. It really does. What do you mean by done? It looks uh, white and vaguely crispy. Okay. So one of the things I see are those, like, crispy caramelized protein uh, bits uh-huh. that actually look good. Okay. I think that part's probably Maybe tasty. That, okay, the, the, the bite looks good. The overall fish. That looks yeah. okay. And yeah, you, now you're kind of padding it down to get the grease. It's off. got a lot of grease. I think I put a little too much grease in there. Um, <laughs> All right, try it. It looks really hot, so I'm just trying to. Totally fine. <laughs> totally fine or totally good? Fine. It's a good. It's a C plus. Okay. Not the best, but not the worst. And is that your fault? Yes, I don't think I added enough salt. Okay, so but you... it's done though. Yeah, I'll take a bite. You want to spoon it? Hell yeah. Okay, let me try this fish. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not bad at all. No, it's pretty good. Yeah. It tastes like kind of like a fast food style fish. It does. Fish and chips. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. I'm happy with the fish. Adriana, do you dare? Yeah, I'll try it. Okay, sure. peace. Just three friends eating fish together. <laughs> That's all. Right? Mm. Okay. Mm. I mean, like some parts of it are, are a little dry, but. Mm-hmm. I just assumed it would oh. be undercooked when I first made it and it's. It's, no. It really works. It really does. Mm, the crispy bits are yummy. They're really crispy. It's incredible. Yeah. You think this is what Marie T. Smith always thought would happen with her cookbook? That 30 years later, we'd be think trying down. recipes on the internet? She wouldn't know what the internet was, but of course, you could imagine. Oh, of course. It's surprising. Are you able to lift it out of the microwave yet? I don't know. I'm a little nervous. I think you should be. Does anyone have like an oven mitt? Or like a big sweatshirt type thing? A big sweatshirt? Just like to wrap around? 
I can take mine off, but I don't really want to. If we fold up enough notebook paper, we can make (laughs) oven mitts. Or if you're willing to sacrifice your whole notebook, you can do it, Jeremy. Hot potato. Ah. 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 Nice. He took it out. Oh. Well, this table looks great so far. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, okay, last but certainly not least, another dish you cooked for the article. Yeah was a steak, which is the most surprising thing. That's actually how we started talking about this whole thing in the first place. You said that you made a steak in the microwave, yeah, and then one thing led to another, and here we are. (laughs) Now, this is a raw steak. Just to be clear, almost everything, there are probably, what, like more than 100 recipes in this book? Oh, easily, yeah. And really, the only thing you need, I think that I thumbed through, and a few things were like, okay, with the grilled cheese, you might want to toast it beforehand, but everything else is like, you only need a microwave. Yeah, correct. Including this steak. I'm going to season this a lot better than I seasoned everything else. You know, oh, that's probably good because this is the main course for us. I'm actually really excited. It was Um, pretty good when I had it at home. So you're putting, what, salt and pepper on it? Yeah, uh, because my steak at home was a little too dry and a little flavorless, so I'm hoping this helps. I put it in for a little bit too long, too, so I want to make sure that this is, uh, it's even cooked, but it's still. So you're learning from your mistakes. I am. So you you just have a steak on a plate? Is yeah. that how you do it? Are you sure? I think it's the same oil method as before, but I just did it on a plate. I was kind of curious, honestly. Well, hold on. Heat six-inch browning skillet, three minutes at 100% power. Lightly butter one side of the steak and place buttered side down on skillet. Yeah, when I did it at home, I actually seared it afterwards to give it a little brown. Yeah. All right, so you have a stick of butter. I have a little pad of butter mm-hmm. that I'm going to cut up. I'm going to butter the steak. Yeah. I'm going to butter this a lot, actually. So in this book... There are more than 100 recipes, and they have almost everything you could think of. There's a lot of shrimp, I noticed. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of shrimp. But they have everything. Breakfast soups, fish and shellfish. You're right. There's a lot of uh, shrimp on there. Cakes and frosting, cookies and candy. That actually makes sense, like making a chocolate chip cookie in there. Oh, you know, like mug cakes. That's you make thing. those in the microwave. And what is that exactly? This is where you make, you use a mug, and you, you cook a cake inside the mug, so it's just a cake for one. In the microwave? Yeah. Okay. I think yeah. a cake for one is a lot more depressing than microwave <laughs> cooking for one. Like, you need a cake that badly that you're just like, <laughs> fuck it. Uh, that is kind of, I, I don't know. A couple times I have made one single cookie in an oven, like chopping it off the little block that they serve. <laughs> you think that's depressing? No, that's kind of adorable. Yeah. It's very on so. brand for you, Will. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> so there are a ton of desserts, ladyfingers. Brownies, marshmallow, pecan candy, peanut brittle. Uh, I know that there is a lobster tail recipe in here. Yeah. Where do we have that? Now they're making a lot of sounds in here. Now, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. She's starting with a frozen lobster tail. She's not starting with a live lobster. She's I not putting it. a live lobster. <laughs> Look more. Yeah, they tossed the <laughs> so, live lobster into the microwave. Would that be better or worse than like than putting boiling it? In a, it? Yeah. If you're know. a statist, it's way more fun. Uh? <laughs> it would at least get to spin around a little bit. Oh, my God. I hope so. So how long did you put in for three minutes and you're just browning it? Kind of winging it. put the steak in? Yeah, again, I winged it. I, I put some butter on the top and bottom and hopefully that'll brown it a bit. Um, um, because when I made it, it was fully cooked, but it wasn't very brown. Adrian, you no improv scene. a lot when you follow recipes like Jeremy's doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like scat. Boop, you you ba, have ba, to do ba. it? Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't scat as well as that. but <laughs> No one can. You do like take the template of a recipe and switch things around a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm incapable of following a recipe, and this is why I don't bake anymore. Same. My wife is a baker. She's very precise. I can't be that precise. I just I forget. Sure. I, I leave things off. Sometimes I'll I'll cook when I'm drunk, and it's that's a whole thing right there. Did you know that the microwave oven is a direct descendant of radar? I did not know that. I'm on historyofmicrowave.com this, slash microwave dash facts. I'm going to flip this over. This looks... Uh, okay. It looks juicy. 
I'm going to do another minute because it looks a little raw on one side. Right. Do you both cook steak at home? First question. Oh, yeah. And where, do you cook it on a skillet? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The only time I've tried to cook steak on a skillet, <laughs> I was at an Airbnb for my girlfriend's birthday upstate. And uh, we were kind of in this barn situation. And there was no uh, oven hood. So it got really smoky. And they had those kind of smart smoke detectors that oh, kind of no. alerted us. They were like, no, no. the smoke detector is about to go off. And, the fire de- and it was pretty late. And we were like, no, we can't do this. So... We just heated up the skillet inside, took out the hot skillet, and put the steak on it outside. But it totally worked. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. this method that I've read about that I tried once. But yeah. you heat up. You, you have to use this thin steak, and you heat up, like, lavender and rosemary and stuff right. in olive oil. And you get it really, really hot, and then you just pour it over the steak. Oh. Yeah. Lavender, really? Yes. Mine was less elegant. Um, <laughs> I was running outside of my boxers. We got a skillet <laughs> outside on a porch in the middle of... Upstate New York. Okay. I'm just going to check the inside and see how, how okay, it... Okay, it looks a little iffy right now. It does. I'm it not going to lie. I think it looks okay. Okay. You're doing a good job. You have a giant knife. Little ah. fork. Are you all right? What happened? Oh, the hot butter. Okay. <laughs> hot butter splashed on him. It's very hard for a lefty to, to <laughs> cut this thing. What else is hard for a lefty? Opening cans. Okay. Driving. Everything. Why driving? Because um, cars are made for right-handed people. You know, a simple pair of oven mitts would totally make this easier. You know, looking back, I really should have brought oven mitts. Heads up. Are you All trying right. it now? You took yeah. a major shortcut. Like, you really went off the rails. No, but look at it. It looks fine. I mean, it's well done, but it's cooked through. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So now I'm going to try this microwave steak. Okay. For the second time in my life. But the first time on this podcast. First time on this podcast. It's okay. true. Mmm. That's good. That's really good. It's well done, but it's very juicy. Okay. That was way better than I made at home. I don't know if you use enough butter at home, but that's delicious. Really? Have a bite. Will you cut me one? Yeah. It looks pretty cooked through. The piece I'm trying looks, how would you say this looks? Like medium rare? Medium yeah. rare. On the rare yeah. side, probably? I would usually like a little more uh, brown on the top, but I think it'll be pleasantly surprised. And you cook this in what, like five minutes? Three minutes. That's mm. Three minutes. That's it. Okay. Mm. I mean, it's pretty good. It's not bad, right? It's not amazing, but it's not coming the worst out of steak microwave, had. No. I've had way worse steaks in my life. I have too. That's kind of weird. It's weirdly good. I know. Yeah. I would eat more of that. You should. I would have more of almost everything we had. What was your favorite so far? Probably that steak. Really? I mean, the eggs, I, I feel like were surprising, but that was the first thing we had. This is surprising. And it's actually really good. I think there's a lot of butter on it. But, I mean, you wouldn't expect a microwave meal to be this delicious. No, not at all. My meal, it's really just, it's two ingredients, literally two ingredients. Which are what? Butter and steak. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go all right. Passing it off. Not the worst, right? There's a lot of chewing involved, but, um, sure. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so last night I went to a steak tasting at, um, Hatch Steak. Yes, I'm speaking with my mouth full. <laughs> That's fine. Last night I was eating, like, perfectly cut and cooked Wagyu and Kobe and dry aged, blah, blah, blah. So it's like... I've been primed poorly for this experience. Yeah, we well, should have had you. Perfectly. Mm-hmm. We should have had Because now you have a, a reference point. Like, <laughs> we should have put her on a steak deficit beforehand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. any steak would have been good. I haven't eaten like, days in prep of this podcast. Well, you got to eat And everything more. seems great. <laughs> Here's a question. Yeah. Now, can we oh. put a full egg in here? Because I don't know if you know what happens if you put a full egg in a microwave. It explodes, right? It will explode. Like in the shell? Yeah. Still in the shell? Oh, yeah, we should do that. Do, is that fine? Uh, 
people are saying, some people are saying no. <laughs> I see nodding yes. I see nodding. Yeah, I see a lot of nodding yes. What is going to happen? What are they going to do? Fire me? We should empty out the flour in there, put it in the glass jar, and then we can like see. Ooh, that's fun. All right, so you're, you, you put an egg in a little mason jar and we're going to watch it explode. Okay, so really quick, pros and cons of cooking in a microwave. Obviously fast. Fast. Probably easier. Less pungent, I guess, than cooking on a stovetop or in a stove. Actually, yeah. True, probably. Mm-hmm. This is a quote from the book. All the sautéing in French-style cooking is unnecessary with microwave cooking, making this easier on the digestive system. I don't know about that. Uh, Give or take. Uh, okay. Possibly. <laughs> easier to make individual portions. Definitely true. Leads to less food waste. That's great. Uh, cons. It might just be me, but this is an important question. Do you think that less people own microwaves nowadays than they did before? Hmm. Actually, I believe it's more owned microwaves now, but fewer people use them. Got it. It's kind of fluctuated. It's gone right. up, it's gone down. Nowadays, I want to say it's something like 90%. I remember that there was a decline, and then in 2019, they went back up For again. For some reason, it came like, back up. Why? I have huh. no idea. I mean, we live in New York. Maybe it's different. I, it would seem like more people have microwaves. I didn't have a microwave for my first like six or seven years here. Um, I didn't for a long time, and I, I would Same. say like, most of my friends don't, I feel like, have microwaves. You want to hear a conspiracy theory? Sure. So I have this feeling that big microwave... Yeah. pays off colleges to assure students they need microwaves mm. in the dorm rooms. Mm, okay. I had one. I had that in, in a coalition with instant ramen. Oh, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Another thing I never eat in college. People, sure. That's, you know what? That's another thing people say, you know, people who hate the word moist and people who hate fish, they're all like, <laughs> oh, I survived in instant noodles in college. And now, come on, it's a lie. Okay, that's a fine conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's a low stakes conspiracy theory, which is the way to do it. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Does the food actually taste worse as a con? I don't know. No. Frankly, not from what we tasted. I think it was human error. I didn't salt enough of the fish, but sure. that's on me. Yeah, and I'm I, so sorry. And I guess the other con is just you can't make things in giant portions in there, but that's fine if you're if you're alone. Hey, John, did anything surprise you about what we did today? <laughs> Besides the fact Besides that everything? you sat through it, <laughs> I was amazed at how messy it was. Yeah, but, um, that's again human error. That's on me. I'm a pretty messy boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was surprised at like the the crispy browning you got out of the fish. Yeah, yeah, that was, was really cool. good. Unexpected. The fish was really good. The fish was really. Is that your favorite? Yeah, the fish. I think. What was your favorite, Jenna? Um, I, I would say the eggs, actually. Yeah. I still like the steak. I don't know why. Um, This is a really sweet story. It's not just a meme. Microwave cooking for one. It's a pretty sentimental and pretty useful cookbook. It really not is. Not just a gag gift. Not just a gag. This is a real deal, people. No. Okay, so the story should be out on Thrillist.com right now. You can check it out for a more in-depth look. I don't know why we'd want it after listening to this. <laughs> and follow me on Twitter, Candy and Pizza. And Adriana, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Adriana V, and I'm on Instagram at Adriana Velez. Cool. And I'm at Will Folden on both with one L. Um, should we explode this egg as Let's we go? Let's explode yeah. this egg. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm sitting where I am because... You know what? Maybe we should take it out of the glass jar, come to think of it. I just feel like I might explode the glass. and it, Here's my vision. Mm-hmm. The jar explodes, shards of glass come scraping at me, my jugular's cut, and my daughter's an orphan. So I don't want that again. I think it's fine. All right, let's just see what happens. <laughs> Will and I immediately back away. <laughs> oh, don't be so dramatic. All right, we're putting it for two minutes. I mean, how much could it actually explode? I guess we'll find out very soon. Do you soon. know? Does anyone know in here? The microwave's not going to explode, right? I don't know. I didn't say that. Um, while we're waiting for this to happen, uh, you can log on to thrillist.com slash survey and complete our uh, podcast survey. I'll fill it out for you. Okay. All right, the egg's so far. Oh! <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it worked. And we're all alive. <laughs> okay. That was actually worse than I thought it would be. Well? Well, you need a new microwave. I will tell you that. Holy shit. 
Wow. It's actually not as messy as you would think. What? What are you looking at? Okay. Well, I think that about does it for us for this episode. Perhaps this entire series. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, We'll see you next week. (laughs) I'm sorry what I did to your microwave. We'll have a new microwave. Next episode probably won't even be about microwaves, though. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Thanks, Adriana. Thanks, Jeremy. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. And once again, don't forget about that survey we have in our description and on the site, drillist.com slash survey. Take it. You might win some free money, and we'd really appreciate it. I want to thank Megan Kirsch and Ocean McAdams on the Thrillist side for making all this happen. Brett Kushner, David Zwick, and Emily Feld, our Group 9 fam. My podcast partner in crime, Molly Schulson, who produced this episode. iHeartRadio's Mangesh Hatakudor, our editor, Randy Scott Carroll, and of course, our mixer, Ernie Injured Dat, who makes everything sound great. All right, we'll see you next week. <laughs>